0: Everybody. Welcome to the Northern Logger Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Kessler. I'm also the editor of the Northern Logger and Timber Processor Magazine, a trade publication for the forest products industry covering the Northeast and Lake States. One of the biggest challenges for any forest products business, or any business at all for that matter, is finding good workers and retaining them. The labor shortages across many industries in the U.S. these last few years have made it even harder to attract and retain exceptional employees who are essential to running a successful company. On today's episode, we'll hear from five leaders in the industry about their thoughts on how companies can attract and retain top-quality workers. Sam Lincoln who writes for the Northern Logger Magazine, is the owner of Lincoln Farm Timber Harvesting in Randolph Center, Vermont. As a small business owner, he talks about offering competitive compensation and benefits and creating a positive workplace environment. When I interviewed him in early January of 2023, timber harvesting operations across the Northeast were facing warm weather conditions, much like mud season and were, for the most part, unable to do much work in the woods. So my first question to him was, when you get shut down like this, what do you do?
1: Well, typically, we always expect there's going to be some downtime due to weather. I try to plan larger maintenance projects that, you know, maybe there's a little oil leak in a deep inside a machine that we've got to tear it apart if we have a few days, and but we can we can get by until then, or we've got you know simple little things leaks and squeaks i call it the you know lights are out on a machine or things like that just things that we can put off during production times that we can dive into and i mentally budget for that but you know we're we're really in another prolonged period where there was a lot of november good chunk of december that we couldn't work and you know, I'm about out of those kind of projects and we, we haven't, I mean, here it is Friday. We haven't turned the wheel all week. Um, And, you know, um, that goes to some of our conversation about employee retention. I mean, you, when you've got employee, you know, employees that you think are, are not, that are, you know, you got top quality people. Like, what do you do when you're out of work for a week? I mean, if they were working a nine to five job somewhere, you know, maybe this wouldn't happen, you know, so. Um, uh, so it's, a it's a, it's an issue the industry is facing with, um, typically mud season's always been a breakdown period uh, or a shutdown period. But, um, if we keep having more and more periods of prolonged precipitation or non-frozen ground in the winter, I mean, we're, we're, it's a, it's, it's a growing problem for sure. Well, so I have two employees right now. Uh, one of them has been with me for, a uh, year and a half, and the other one has been with me since um, oh, the mid to late 2000s, um, going on 15 years. And I've had many other very good employees over the years between the logging operation and the farm. A couple a couple of things that I think come to mind in terms of employee retention is compensation is really important. And I am often keeping my ear out to what Others are paying for comparable jobs or in comparable operators in non-forestry positions. And so I try to be at the leading edge of where I think the competition is paying. That's in an hourly wage, but at the same time, there's more to compensation than just an hourly wage. There's benefits. And so I'm starting to integrate benefits into my compensation package, which is including paid, paid holidays paid time off, retirement plan, and I'm looking at working more, you know, how, how do I slowly integrate, you know, is there a possibility that I could um, add other benefits in the future like healthcare? Um, that's that's a huge one. And I'm not doing any of these at once. I've done them as I could budget them in one by one by one. They always say, you know, don't try and eat an elephant all at once. You do it one bite at a time. And that's, that's the way I've approached this is that I think if we're going to have top quality people and are working with us every day doing this work, then we have to have competitive compensation because that's really where the rubber hits the road um, in terms of the finances. And, and um, I've always said about going back to things like workers, compensation insurance, which there's been an issue in Vermont with avoidance of that. And how, how are we going to compete industries? If, if, if as a sector we're not doing the most basic safety training and, um, paying, paying, covering people with workers comp. So I'm, I'm trying to be at the further end of that spectrum, where someone can look at a job with me as a, as like, a, as a career with, with a, with a full pack. Still got room to improve and, and, and do more there. But I'm integrating it as I can afford it uh, because I want, again, want to be competitive for top employees. Well, typically what we're doing is scheduling um, non-emergency maintenance for downtimes. If we have, as, as I mentioned, I, I call it the you know the leaks and squeaks and the, the little things, the the lights, the the door handles, the whatever we can whatever we can do if we've got or if we've got to do a major teardown, we're doing that type of preventative maintenance during bad weather um, as it allows for outdoor work. And then during mud season, bo- both of the the folks that work for me, you know, they live on farms or they have other work they can do other than working for me during those times. We try to do a lot of planning around our equipment maintenance for times when we can't produce to do that. But there are definitely times like right now where we're, we're out of that kind of work where we've done every preventative maintenance project we have. And we're sitting here a week of bad weather, the first week of January, and we haven't turned the wheel all week. And So as I look to the future to diversify my business um, and have maybe some other partner enterprise or some, you know, some other investment that I can make in machinery, is there a way I can do something to keep employees busy when we can't be uh, working in the woods is definitely top of mind right now, but uh, I don't know exactly what that is yet. You know, we have an excavator and skid steer that we work out things like that. There's not a lot of dirt work to do in January, so we're we're thinking about that for the future. How to how to maintain a workable day every every day. You know, another thing that I do that has to do with my operation that is, is important to employee retention, the workplace environment. I like to have a place that you know, that I want people to feel excited to come to work every day. So we have a very positive environment around our operation every day. I think everybody's happy to see each other when we get to work in the morning and we have a lighthearted conversation throughout the day and keep that really positive attitude. You know, it's really important to me, but I, and it's always been important in who works with me. You know, I have some, like I said, great people can do attitudes, happy, positive, you know, we're, uh, do the best we can in the environment we work in every day. Buy lunch every other Friday, and we go out to lunch to the, wherever the guys want go, to go—to a store or a restaurant. We try to schedule our safety meetings then, but just to to break it up and make sure they feel appreciated, but they're that they're happy that they come to a place where they're appreciated and we're having a good time. And. Because there's there's nothing worse than a than a bad attitude mixed into somebody's workbook. So I, I feel that's really important for me as the owner and the leader of the business to uh, have have a really positive environment around our workplace.
0: Brian Sowers is the owner and president of TreeLine Inc., a diversified company in Lincoln, Maine. The company's core business is logging, traditional logging services, wood yards, and that sort of thing. But they also do construction, things like installing bridges, woods road construction, and site work, among many other things. On being a very diversified company with logging at its core, I asked Brian why he has chosen to do so many different things, whether it was simply because it's exciting or if it was purely economical.
2: If you want to, you know, really talk about, recruiting and retaining quality help quality employees quality team members quality people generally want to work full-time they want they want to earn good incomes and so i would say that's been the driving force uh the driving force is to is for our company if you look at our mission statement on our website it's all about being a you know providing good secure rewarding jobs and, you know, and raising the bar in the community and in the industry, it all ties together. You know, it all ties together. So the logging business, it's pretty hard to to hire people and employ them year round in, the, in just in the woods side of things and provide them a good annual. You can pay them well while they're working, but it's hard to pay them well when they're when you're not when you don't have work. So, um, yeah, so it all ties together. It is fun to be a one-stop shop. We have a if you look at our testimonies and whatnot, we uh, there's a lot of clients that appreciate the fact that they they bought their you know recreational property from us. We did their driveway. They buy their firewood from us. They get their uh, wood chips for landscaping from us. They come and get their rough sawn hemlock for their to build their camp or build their shed or build their deck they 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 get a we drop them off a load of gravel when they want it or a load of asphalt. They like that relationship and and in this rural, Area, you know, having a, a one-stop shop and to have that kind of relationship is really nice because everything's spread out and there isn't, you know, there isn't, uh, there isn't, you know, like when you're in an urban area, obviously you've got ten suppliers of of everything you want. In a rural area like this, you don't you don't have that luxury, so it is nice to have, and so that is fun. I, I wouldn't say necessarily exciting, but it's definitely rewarding to have clients, you know, show show a lot of appreciation uh, for. Being able to, you know, for us to be able to be that one-stop shop for them, but at but at the same token, it's 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 a lot of work. (laughs) It's 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 very draining for the people who actually manage it all, (laughs) run it all. Yeah, yeah. So so I think meeting, you know, meeting people at their needs. So in other words, we we have some employees that hired on 35 years ago to load wood, you know, to to run a, run a log loader. And, and they still do run a log loader 35 years later because that's pretty much all they want to do. So, so that person wasn't interested in variety. They were interested in uh, just having, just having a job that they like doing and staying with it. And when his job is shut down in the spring, we do offer him other things to do for those couple of months. Um, And sometimes he, he does them. And sometimes he'll, he would prefer, prefer to take a layoff and, Take care of some personal things for those couple months. So, but but at least we have the options. He has the options. So, but other people, like you said, do like the they do like the the diversity. They do like the uh, being able to do different things, and also see room for growth and you know an opportunity to to move on and change jobs. If we were just a, if we'd stayed just a relatively small logging firm. You know, you can a grapple skidder guy can become a limber operator, and limmer operator maybe someday will train on a fella buncher. But you know, there's there's only so many jobs they they could get their CDL and become a truck driver. They want, but in a company like ours, there, there's a lot of opportunity to move around and do different things. So for those people um, that like that, that that that's really good. So I think it's more a matter of meeting their needs, meeting their career interests. But I think I think one thing. If you wanna if you wanna have like a, a couple of uh, bullet points or something, I think one thing. I've always I've always been transparent with our people. When our company was doing is doing well, I let them, I you know I let them know that it's doing well, and we try to share the good times as best we can. We took our we took our company our entire company to celebrate 30 years. We we do a lot of company events. We do uh, every typically every spring we take our entire company on a weekend. We'll, we'll rent a hotel out or something. Um, and we provide, you know, some fun activities to do. So like last year we went to bar Harbor and we stayed at a really nice resort right on the water. So we do a lot of, we do, we do a summer celebration day every summer and we do a winter celebration every winter. And, and we, we do a lot, we do quite a few, we do some, we do it, we offer a lot of training, we, um, Different kinds of training: technical training, leadership development training, communication training. We just had uh, 20 of our people at a nice little communication seminar a couple of weeks ago. So, do a lot of that kind of thing. But I, but what I started to say is, I've always been very transparent with our people um, when our company's doing well. I, I've you know, I let them know that um, and and tried to explain you know what, why it's doing well and share the good times to whatever extent we can, but also be prepared for the bad times because when we're not doing well, I let them know that too. You know, you develop some uh, loyalty. And of course you in a small company, most most owners go out of their way to take care of their people. You know, it's not unheard of. It's obviously not unusual for an owner to be over at somebody's house, helping them fix their plumbing at some, you know, crazy hour or, or they get into trouble with their, you know, their furnaces and work. And I've lent, you know, generators and, you know, all kinds of stuff. I mean, now that we have 90 employees, I, you know, back when we had five or six guys would say, yo, oh, yeah, Brian, come over Saturday and help me with this or that or whatever. But I mean, obviously with 90 employees, you can't be running around helping everybody with their personal problems. But but still there's that culture, that culture that uh, we, that, you know, we, the management people actually care about you know everybody kind of cares about each other and watches out for each other so i would say culture is probably maybe the most important piece you know we've had we've had some people leave that we didn't want to we've had we haven't had we haven't lost a lot of people over the years that we didn't want to lose but we have lost a few and and some have come back but we we hear it over and over that this is a really nice place to work people really appreciate the atmosphere here and the culture here. And that's a really big, that's really, really important. People are not machines and they're not, and they're not just a number. And many times people feel that way at different, different places for different reasons. I mean, but that's, but obviously where they, if they feel like a number or they feel like just a kind of a cog in the wheel, then they're, they're probably not as loyal to that organization as they would could be. So, uh recognition and safety so having a culture of recognizing folks so we like we have a we have a newsletter and and we have we try to every month we try to catch somebody in the act of doing something good so and and put it in the newsletter so i can I, I can send you like last month we caught somebody one of our one of our truck drivers shoveling off the front step of the office when he when he drove it he drove in to drop off his paperwork and it was in a snowstorm and, you know, uh, and he took the time to shovel off the doorstep. So I got a picture of him and it went in a newsletter. So in, and rec- so recognition, we've done different kinds of bonus recognition, incentives and all that kind of stuff. But just just normal, everyday type of recognition, somebody just getting giving some giving somebody a pat on the back, not not a big deal, not making a big deal of it, just recognizing what people are doing. I think that's huge. And that that also grows your culture.
0: Eric Kingsley is a frequent contributor to the Northern Logger magazine and also a consultant and vice president of Innovative Natural Resource Solutions, LLC, with offices in New Hampshire and Maine. He talks to us about what the industry can do as a whole to get younger people in the door and how to help prospective employees understand what a career in the forest products industry could offer.
3: In addition to being a consultant in the forest products industry, I have the pleasure of being a father to a 19-year-old and a 21-year-old now. So I'm seeing um, they and their friends entering the workforce. So and that that's also given me some perspective. And one thing I've seen from both uh, the hiring side, so folks I work with in the forest products industry and through my kids and their friends, is people are looking for a, a job that they can see and understand results. And obviously, the forest products industry is incredibly tangible in that regard, And that we know, you know, if you're working in a sawmill, you're seeing logs come in and stacks of lumber leaf if you're uh, working in logging you are uh, you know you're seeing wood piling up on the landing every day going going off to value-added manufacturing If you're a forester you're seeing the forest uh, over over years and decades and, and what uh, what management can can do to improve it I mean, I'm a consultant. I work at a computer most of the time. I'm on the road and I see fruits of my labor, but it's nowhere as tangible as look, here's a stack of you know, logs that represents what what a logging crew did over the course of a day. You can you can physically see it. Being able to measure what you do and and being on a team with people that you can do that with is, is incredibly important. The other thing that I'm uh, seeing is an increased desire to understand not only what the job is, but what the career progression is. So if I take job A today, at, you know coming out of school or coming out of high school or coming out of a trade program, great. And I want to enjoy this job. I want to be part of a team, but I also want to know how I can progress through the, through the years and through my career. What does this set me up for? What are my opportunities? What skills do I acquire that become uh, either skills I build upon or skills that I can transfer? And our industry certainly has an awful lot of that, but we always we haven't always been great at, at explaining that to new hires or clearly showing that career progression either inside of the same organization or just simply moving to other parts of the industry and I think that's a you know an enormous opportunity to to help people uh, come into the industry. Obviously, we have no shortage of entry or entry ish level jobs. Uh, but we also have uh, career progressions that can be professionally rewarding and sustain a family and allow you to live uh, you know in in rural areas and and uh, and, and make a, a living wage so demonstrating not only what the job is but where that puts you either in the same organization or just more broadly in the industry could be an enormous recruitment tool. Look, we need people to come in and, and run skitters or, you know, work on the green chain at the sawmill or, you know, whatever the job is. And that's great. As part of that hiring process, we ought to be making clear um, not only during the hiring process, but as that person is onboarding and learning their skills, what are they learning that they can build upon? What are they learning that they can transfer? How can they progress in two years, five years, 10 years? And what might that look like in terms of uh, leadership, in terms of increased pay, in terms of increased responsibility? Um, because we're, you know, again, we have no shortage of entry level jobs so over the coming years particularly when you look at the demographics of the industry. We're going to have no shortage of opportunities for people to step up and lead, and now's the time to make that clear to people.
0: Jed Whiting is the general manager of Stratton Lumber, a large sawmill operation in Stratton, Maine. He talks to us about the recent changes the company has made in how they recruit workers, such as casting a wider net through social media, and what they have done to retain skilled workers in a rural part of Maine. He also speaks about the steps they've taken to keep employees engaged.
4: We've, we've seen what I consider to be a, a major shift since the pandemic, uh, or during and since the pandemic, I guess, and to, uh, to put that in perspective, we, we started a second shift at our sawmill uh, earlier this year, and we uh, we've done, done this several years ago. And it was much more challenging to to attract and to keep people the second time that we did this uh you know this year than it, than it was than it was the first time and I don't really know why that was, but it seemed like it was harder harder to get people to uh, harder to get people to show up harder to get people interested to apply It was harder i mean we had people that wouldn't show up to interviews uh, we had people that would take the physical and not show up to work uh, and so just you know we, we really we saw some things that we'd never we hadn't seen in the past and uh so that made us really kind of you know put our thinking caps on and you know kind of kind of look at what uh i don't know maybe not what we're doing wrong but what we needed to do differently and and honestly I, i don't know that we did anything drastic that had uh you know there wasn't a like a you know a magic bullet or anything like that that we found but we did you know we we focused on on you know trying to uh I guess call it a better employee experience or, you know, uh, just make this a make this and certainly try to to raise uh, employee engagement and to attract and and to keep uh, certainly a a higher quality employees. And uh, we have now, I think we're in pretty good shape. At one point during this process, we were seeing a a turnover rate that was probably 300% higher than anything we'd seen before. That's certainly that's certainly calmed down Uh, since then. We've tried uh, different advertising. Ideas, things we hadn't done in the past. Uh, for example, we engaged on on uh, social media, which was something that you know Stratton Lumber hadn't done before. Uh, that was just one of the things we did. Uh, certainly, more more uh, advertising uh, for for employees across different platforms uh, than we had in the past. Uh, so, just kind of casting our net out out wider it's overall right our our event was the second shift that you know that that's what that was the impetus for us to you know to to reach out to try to hire you know 15 to 20 people other than that we didn't have much of a much of a turnover right we were we were pretty static we hadn't tried to do this the second shift in a number of years Uh, we had in the past and then we 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 uh, we had to let it go and then now it was time to bring it back and it was uh, it was much more challenging to do that in this current current labor environment uh, than it than it was uh, when we did it before four years ago five years ago we are yeah trying to do things to attract employees we're also also you know we are we've we've done some stuff to try to to try to you know to make this a, a, a better place to work uh, we have we've uh, remodeled existing and built new uh, break areas and I I I think they're pretty nice and uh you know we've uh you know tried to m- give comfortable comfortable places for uh uh for employees to you know have some downtime and uh mm-hmm. you know with more uh you know we're providing prob- more of a uh, more of an interaction uh with uh with uh, information as well so we've got TVs in the break room that you know scroll you know different pertinent information that could be useful or you know interesting to these guys the HR stuff and you know things along the lines of uh, hey you know if you get a picture of a nice buck that you got let's you know give it to uh, give it to our HR department and we'll put it on the screen which we did right so the guys could go in there yeah at break time and they could look up there and they could see you know there's uh, there's one of their friends' grandkids with a you know with a nice deer that's you know that that sort of thing. And it's also a good vehicle to get you know uh company information out. you know we're going to have a open house enrollment for the insurance on such and such a date and that's the kind of stuff that would show up on the on the screen so that was something we hadn't done before is try to be more interactive uh you know with some of our some of our softer stuff you know uh we've 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 you know we always focus a lot on on uh production metrics, yeah, some of the other things we've done uh to try to retain employees and you know just create a better working environment we have a we have a boot bus that 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 comes uh, on site we pay for for a pair of boots uh for each employee and they can they can pick out what they want and the boot the the bus will actually come and deliver them they can try them on they can do all that sort of stuff during the peak during the peak of the uh of the gas uh gas price issues uh we we looked at a lot of different we spent a lot of time looking at you know any type of maybe employee transportation uh options that we could find so we we looked at uh, you know local transportation companies. we looked at the possibility of purchasing our own buses to uh, you know shuttle uh, guys back back and forth because we found as we as the challenges got harder and harder uh, you know to 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 get employees we were having to get get them from further and further away so uh you know we had I'm going to say probably a third of our employees were local then a third were from another tier out and then a third were from even further so we we looked at a lot of different options. we ended up going with uh with an employee with a weekly uh, fuel stipend so we we you know yeah based on based on where they live their geographical location the number of miles uh that they were away from the mill we we built a matrix and then gave each each uh, each guy a little something just not to you know not to Maybe not to cover all their fuel, obviously, but to offset, uh, you know, some of the massive increases that we had in such a short period of time. Uh, of course, when you know, not the gas prices have stabilized and dropped a bit, we've we pulled back from that. But it's something that we do again. We're kind of at the end of the road up here. There's not anything between us and Canada but trees. I mean, and, and we're not the only ones. There's uh, certainly other companies, you know, throughout the state that have similar or probably even more challenging situations where it comes to that. But, you know, in order to do that, we have to be... Competitive uh, from a salary perspective, uh, with benefits, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Not just with other other facilities in the forest industry, but places that are close to us uh, in different industries. So you know, we uh, we try to we try to stay very competitive in those in those areas. Uh, We focus a lot on employee appreciation events, and we celebrate and recognize milestones in you know production and uh, you know length of employment and you know just all kinds of different stuff you know uh, we continue to have challenges just like everybody else does but uh you know we i'd like to think that you know some of these things that we 're doing are 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 making a difference and i know I know that the employees really seem to appreciate you know things like the break room and the uh the food you know the vending services that we provide we're we're always trying to come up with new things and 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 better things because we want to keep the workforce that we have we've got a lot of great employees you know and and without them that you, you you don't have anything so it's really you know when you 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 focus on what your what your greatest asset is and and you know as as trite as it might sound obviously you know your greatest asset are your people
0: andy irish founder and owner of irish family logging based out of rumford maine is currently the president of the american loggers council Andy shares what has worked for him over the years since he started his business in 1984. Among many other things, he is a big proponent of having well-maintained modern equipment.
5: One thing, it's a family company. The The kids work right along beside them. And people drift. I mean, the percentage of people we have don't, but there's a certain percentage that come and go. It, it's tougher now, you know, with with the inflation and and so forth. I mean, we, you know, we're kind of out on a whim on, on what we're paying compared to what we're receiving. You know, you, you got to use people like you'd want to be used yourself. I mean, you got to be honest. And when things are going good, wonderful. and they ain't, well, that's just part of life, I, I guess. You I know, mean, we have really good equipment, and and we and we work for good people, and and we're steady. We try to be uh, sensitive to their needs within reason. Maybe we aren't quite as good at bean counters as is as, as we should be. Because we are a family company with with people that we know and, and 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 care for, you know what I mean. It's really hard to make harsh decisions when the people you work for have worked for you a long time, and you know everybody in their family. Well, you know, if you if you if you live in a small town, and most of the people out live in a rural area that's that's cutting much timber, and they want to live there for one thing. And if you look at one 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 outfit that's spending million dollars a year to keep their their uh logging equipment up to up to what we need what you need there's probably more chance that they're going to stay in business and you're going to have a lot more enjoyable job running a piece of equipment or if you want to be tinkering <laughs> you know i mean not that you don't tinker plenty anyway but you know if, if you if you sign on to run a processor you probably want one that's going to work every day so you can make a living and and and, and uh help tinker on it as little as possible
0: there you have it. Thanks for listening to the Northern Logger Podcast, a production of the Northern Logger and Timber Processor Magazine. You can read my related article, How to Attract Talent, Industry Leaders Weigh In, in the February 2023 issue of the magazine. If you're not already a subscriber, visit our website, northernlogger.com, and click on Our Magazine in the navigation bar. There you can see previews of the magazine and subscribe online. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thanks to all our listeners and a sincere thank you to all of our guests on this show this month. Until next time.